Hello, I'm Sofia, and welcome to What We Need to Know About Ukraine. Here, I learn about Ukrainian history, literature, and culture, and share my findings with you. Today's episode is about Christmas in Ukraine. It is its very own unique celebration that combines traditions from Christian and pagan celebrations dating back all the way to the Kyivan Rus. Ukraine doesn't have a Santa Claus since St. Nicholas comes on St. Nicholas Day, which is in early January. For the longest time, Ukraine did not celebrate with a Christmas tree or Christmas lights. Ukrainians did not eat turkey or gingerbread or eggnog for Christmas, and most still don't. And the famous Ukrainian song, Carol of the Bells, which is Chedrik in Ukrainian, has literally nothing to do with Christmas, but rather is a New Year's song. As Ukrainians, we have our very own mythical, musical, and exciting celebrations that combine many different kinds of magic. This is how Mykola Gogol starts his story called The Night Before Christmas, which is a story set in Ukraine and describes an authentic Ukrainian Christmas with all of its mythology. Quote, The last day before Christmas had passed. A wintry, clear night came. The stars peeped out. The crescent moon rose majestically in the sky to give light to the good people and all the world, so that everyone could merrily go caroling and glorify Christ. End of quote. On the night before Christmas, which is known in Ukraine as the Holy Eve or Svetly Vecher, um, there are a lot of preparations that must take place. On this mysterious evening with magical creatures like devils and witches lurking around, the people must protect their households from the evil forces and get rid of them. Not only for this evening, but also for the entire year. The master and mistress, with newly baked holiday bread with honey and poppy seeds, go around the yard and house and bring with them incense as well. Uh, near the barn, where the cows stand, the wife would sprinkle thickly uh, some poppy seeds on the ground, so that witches could not approach the livestock. Meanwhile, her husband would cut with his axe the threshold to the barn so that the beasts could not enter barn. There are many, many, many detailed rituals and procedures that must be followed for a successful Christmas Eve. The entire day of the Holy Eve or Christmas Eve, Ukrainians are not supposed to eat before the first star rises in the sky, and when it does, the dinner may begin. The rising star is what lets everyone know that the Son of God has been born. Uh, small children who cannot handle hunger, of course, may eat something before, but usually not breakfast, just lunch. When the star rises, the father of the house would first feed the animals and quote-unquote guests, and only then start the family dinner. So first, he would go outside with a small bowl of kutya, which is a traditional Ukrainian Christmas dish, and he would yell out when feeding those guests. He would yell out, Frost, Frost, come to our place to eat. Then again, Frost, Frost, come to us for dinner. After the third time, he would say, If you don't go, then don't go to the rye and the wheat. Any arable land, better go to the seas, to the forests, and to the steep mountains. Do not do us any harm. 
Then he would invite the gray wolf for dinner. You too come and eat Kutia gray wolf. And if you do not come, then don't take from us no calves, no lambs, and no little pigs. Finally, the man would ask the same of the black storms and the evil winds. Then the father of the family will go back and the family will pray multiple different prayers and the dinner will begin. The dinner is very, very important. This dinner must have exactly 12 dishes on the table and the 12 traditional dishes all have their own mystical and symbolical meaning. Kutia is the main dish that is on the table, which is prepared from wheat, honey, nuts, and raisins. It is a kind of a sweet porridge. It is a symbol of union with the Lord and the world of the dead, so it is also left to those who have been long gone. Vareniki with potatoes are a symbol of wealth and well-being in the family, and they are a sort of Ukrainian dumplings. Mushroom, um, or mushroom soup, this mushroom would represent uh, the nature of Jesus Christ, which is there's two of them, the divine nature, which is the cap, and the earthly nature, which is the leg. Uh, there's also fish on the table, baked or raw. Uh, the Greek name of Jesus, of course, means fish, and also the first apostles who followed Jesus were both fishermen, Andrew and Peter. Borscht, the very famous beet soup, uh, is also prepared, but without oil or meat. It is a symbol of peace and harmony in the family, as well as God's love. Volupci, meaning Ukrainian cabbage rolls, are in this case prepared with potatoes instead of meat. Volupci come from the word pigeon, um, and they mean beauty and strength. They are also a symbol of the Holy Spirit and God's grace. Uh, beans and peas are also on the table, and uh, they mean the Lord's Spring, which is the revival and resurrection after the fall. Another one of the 12 dishes is pampushki, a type of Ukrainian bread. They symbolize the saints who serve the Lord, and for this received the resurrection of their souls and life in heaven. Uh, cabbage prepared in various ways is also part of this, and cabbage means the strength of the family and the unity around one God. Garlic is interestingly also considered a dish and it is placed separately on four corners of the table together with salt. Some garlic would first be rubbed on the wrists to get rid of sins and then some of it would be eaten because it also relieves tooth pain. Then there is a ritual drink called uzvar as well as holy water and they symbolize the life that the Lord gave to man and filled him with the Holy Spirit. And finally, we have kalach, which is a special bread with poppy seeds baked in twisted sort of dough with a hole inside. And it stands for the resurrection of the dead and eternal life. It is placed in the middle of the table and a ceremonial candle is lit and put inside that hole. In this rich but light dinner, there are no meat dishes as well as no fried dishes since it is happening during a fast. This meal is a dinner for the entire family, and it is thought to be horrible luck not to be home during it, since even the dead relatives should gather together this evening to have a meal as the entire family. That's right, even the dead. The living remember their dead relatives and place for them kutya and uzvar on the windows, as well as scatter beans in the corners and leave spoons and bowls unwashed after dinner so that the souls could have them for food. Before sitting on a chair or a bench, 
they would blow in that place so that they wouldn't sit on a dead soul by accident. Because this evening, quote, dead souls, a mighty force, appear. They are everywhere, on the benches, on the windows, on the table, and under the table. Die Duch is another very important element of Christmas. It is a Christmas decoration made from a sheaf of wheat, and it is believed that the spirits of the household ancestors resigned in the Die Duch during the holidays. While it is at a place of honor inside the house, the souls of all the ancestors will unite and bless the family. Die Duch also makes sure that the family will live wealthily in the following year. On Holy Eve or Christmas Eve, the Diduch is brought into the house by the head of the household. It is then placed in the Pokutya, which is the corner of the house with the religious icons, and also is placed there along with Kutya and Uzvar. For other religious purposes and sort of decor, some people put straw and coins under the tablecloth. And of course, a candle must be present on the festive table. A burning candle as a testimony of faith of a person belonging to the divine light. The next day is Christmas itself, known in Ukrainian as Rizdvo. It is also when Kolada starts for most of Ukraine. During pagan times, the ancient Slavs celebrated the winter solstice, which was also called the holiday of Kolada. According to the legend, the goddess Kolada gave birth to a new son, which was the actual sun in the sky, named Božić. And since then, it has been a tradition to go from house to house to inform people about the birth of this new sun, and to sing to these families about the power of nature and to wish them well-being. These songs are carols, and because of the goddess Kolada, and because of the holiday Kolada, in Ukrainian they were called Kolatki. And in these kolatki, they also describe the dark winter powers that fight against the bright powers, which are the bright gods. Unfortunately, almost no texts of pagan heroes have survived to this day. With the advent of Christianity, the ceremony was already held in honor of the birth of Christ instead of the sun, and carols were told about the related events of the birth of Christ. But, as I've already described, the other traditions and mysticism were retained. In Ukraine, Christmas and Kolada are probably most associated with the songs, Koladki. Koladki started in the Kievan Rus before um, Kievan Rus even adopted Christianity. Uh, but then during the time of Christianity, these carols were performed to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. According to tradition, on Christmas, Ukrainians would go to church in the morning and then in the evening they would start caroling. Most Ukrainians start caroling on Christmas Day, but some parts of Ukraine start caroling on the Holy Eve and some the day after Christmas. The task of the caroler is to bring good news about the birth of Christ to the owner um, of the house and to wish for a good harvest, offspring of livestock, well-being and happiness, and in return to receive a reward, which is usually food, some kind of treats or money. It was customary to prepare for Christmas carols, gather together and hold rehearsals in order to carol correctly, and the tradition of singing carols and performing them still exists today. So the first people during that day that went to carol first were the children and only then would the adults go. Groups of girls and boys usually went separately. 
Each group had a leader. During caroling, uh, the owner of the house and his family was congratulated on Christmas and very often in poetic form hinted that the carolers want a reward. Sometimes it was hinted like this, bring out the sausage or I'll destroy the house or bring out the knish, which is a pie, bring out the knish too because I'll let a mouse into the house. But it actually rhymes in Ukrainian. If the house was poor, people still had to go and carol there, even though they knew that they would not receive anything, since to skip the house of the poor with their lovely kolatke full of wishes was a sin. Carolers also used an individual approach to each family member, so they caroled not only to the owner of the house, but also to the man, the woman, the boy, the girl, as well as their various different professions. There were hundreds of carols and all of them were different. They had wedding themes, hunting themes, some general ones, uh, military, bread making, as well as fantastical and mythical themes, and of course the biblical and religious themes. In addition to children, young adults would also go caroling, and sometimes even older adults. They would walk with a star and a bell. The Ukrainian Christmas star is extremely important in the Ukrainian Christmas theme and it is made of wood and is painted, as well as decorated with colorful paper and ribbons. In the middle, there is usually an image of the Nativity of Christ and a candle. A group of carolers, five people in each group, have a specific role. A birch tree, the star bearer, the bell ringer, the sack bearer, and a spare who had the task of helping the sack bearer. And the sack, of course, was for putting all of the goods in. The carolers' costumes and games also played a very important role during the caroling. In the evening, as it gets dark, uh, the girls would also go caroling. A group of girls would walk with a lantern that looks like a moon or a star. These girls would tie the lantern to a really long stick, and therefore they were really clearly visible from afar. In the 18th and 19th centuries in Ukraine, especially in the West, the nativity scene, or as the Ukrainians call it, Vertep, which is a mobile doll theater that performed at fairs and homes of the wealthy people, became really widespread to absolutely everyone. The main theme of the performance was a biblical theme, in particular the birth of Christ, but there was also a non-religious portion as well. People would play different characters, and all of this was performed usually on Christmas Day. As I already mentioned, the non-religious part of the Vertep is the creation of the people themselves. In this part of the Vertep, we observe a reflection of the life of the population of Ukraine at the time when this particular Vertep is being created. People not only use these portable doll theaters, but they also use themselves as actors. In addition to carols and nativity scenes, there used to be, and in some places still is preserved, the custom of reciting poems at Christmas. Of course, uh, usually schoolboys uh, would recite these poems, gathering in small groups of two to three people. And the content of these Christmas poems were sacred events, which the church have already mentioned during the Christmas service. Some of these plays were obviously parts of nativity plays, the complete text of which have not reached the present day. 
The nativity origin of these poems is also indicated by the fact that sometimes the reciters of the poems are characterized as shepherds, soldiers of King Herod, the devil, or other characters of nativity plays. In addition, Christmas poems in some regions of Ukraine are still called nativity scenes. Christmas in Ukraine endured a fair share of hardships and attempts at erasure. Emperor of the Russian Empire Peter I banned caroling of Kolyadki in Ukrainian as part of the empire's many bans on the Ukrainian language. And during the times of the Soviet Union, Christmas and religion in general were banned and were substituted in time with the Soviet-style New Year's Eve celebration. Of course, many families still celebrated, but unfortunately in secret and quite differently. There were many more traditions that I did not describe today, like the relatively new tradition of the Christmas tree, as well as the many spirits, good and evil, angels and devils, the mystic and the magical, religious and natural, everything that woke up on this day and walked among the people. In 2023, there is a push to bring back many traditions that have been lost over the decades of oppression, to revive them and to bring back the true, magical Ukrainian Christmas.
Thank you so much for joining me today. And this was what we need to know about Ukraine this week. Thank you.